to see my country being influenced by the Judeo-Christian ethics, the morals, and the values that we can set our course ahead so that you know, our country can become a, a major, major a contributor for foreign missions. Welcome to this week's edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today you'll meet a young man who's dedicating his life to the ministry of operating a Christian radio station in Mongolia. I'll introduce our guest in just a moment. It's great to have you with us today and each week as we meet people whose lives have first been redeemed and changed by the Lord and secondly, have been dedicated to some unique task in building his kingdom. We've been on the air several years now, and each and every interview has been stored online, so you have an opportunity to listen anytime. Check out the audio files and even download them as a podcast to take with you on the go this summer. You'll find us online at firstpersoninterview.com, where you can listen to these shows, or you can download the podcast version through iTunes, firstpersoninterview.com. I've highlighted before some of the ministries of the Far East Broadcasting Company in several places around the world, but there are so many stories to tell that we're taking you to a new country today, Mongolia. Recently at a conference in California, I sat down with a manager of the station known as Radio Wind in the capital city. Now, we call him Bot, but his name is really Bartjargalt Tuvenshengel, a name that rolls off his tongue far more easily. Well, my full name is Bartjargalt Tuvenshengel. And you're from Mongolia. I am from Mongolia. You are the director of the Far East Broadcasting Company, Mongolia. That's correct, And I'm yes. guessing most people don't even know that there is ministry in Mongolia, let alone a radio ministry. So we want to talk about that. Tell me about your country. Well, Mongolia has a very fascinating history, you know, as early as the dates back to 13th century. It's very much connected with the great king, Chinggis Khan, uh-huh. well, actually, you kind of pronounce him Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. We actually yeah, pronounce yeah, him Chinggis yeah. Khan. We just had a huge uh, historical exhibit in Chicago not too many months ago. About, oh, is that? About, okay, yeah, well, yeah. that's good to know. Yeah. Actually, he was the one who founded the, Mong- the great Mongol Empire back in the 13th century. And, of course, he actually had a, a great uh, vision of taking over the whole world on a horseback, and I believe he failed. He only took half of it. Oh, yeah, nearly yeah. <laughs> half the world. <laughs> yes. So basically his son, uh, uh, Kublai Khan, was actually uh, uh, his grandson, and he uh, established the Mongol Empire, and then he actually installed uh, Beijing as the capital city of uh, mm-hmm. Mongolia at that time. And how many people live in Mongolia today? Uh, we have a population of uh, just a little less than 3 million Mongolians. Spread out over a very large area. Very vast land, 1.5 yeah. times as big as the state of Texas. So. Wow. And so you have one a, major city. We have a, one major city called Ulaanbaatar, which is the capital city. It has about 1.2 million people. And we'll talk about That's where you there. live. That's right. That's where I live. Where and the ministry from. takes place, which we'll talk yes. about. But g- give me a sense of the Mongolian people and you know, your love for your country and, and its people. Traditionally, Mongolians are nomadic herdsmen. You know, we have 40 million animals in Mongolia, uh, we are actually known to be very good horsemen mm-hmm. because that's very much related to our culture and, and, and nomadic tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, well, Mongolians basically started out becoming, you know, uh, shamanists to begin with, you know, as their main religion in, in the early days, you know, in Chinggis Khan's days. And then they actually became Christian also in, in, in a very short amount of time uh, when the gospel reached them uh, as early as in the 14th century. And then uh, we became part of China, 
by means of, of course, you know, and, uh, uh, and then we became Buddhist. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you can see from going to isms to isms, like shamanism to Buddhism, and then we basically became communist in 1921 yeah. when we allied with the Russians. So that's kind of a history. So that, you've you know, already been you know, dominated by, by both well, yeah, I mean, large know, powers on either side, right? Well, we had, didn't have any choice because, you know, we're situated between Russia and China, so we're kind of landlocked. Mm-hmm. We were communists for about 70 years under the, under the Russian rule. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, sometimes, you know, we sort of struggle with our identity, whether we are an Asian country or, or a European country because of the Russian influence that right, we've had. Right. I want to talk more about your country and about ministry that you do uh, through radio. But I want to talk about your own story, too, Bud. I'd, I'd like to hear how you became a Christian. And uh, just give me the details. Uh, this is fascinating to me. Well, thank you. I mean, um, you know... Um, when the country first opened up in the year of 1990, actually, um, that's when, you know, the the Iron Curtain fell and, uh, you know, democracy was first introduced in, into my country. Mm-hmm. And that's when actually— You were the, how old at the time? I was actually 20 years old at that time. Oh, you were right, yeah. right in the thick yeah, of it right then, were Right in the thick you? of it, wow. exactly. So, and uh, when the first missionaries could ever enter into my country was in 1991, and that's when— the gospel came in, and uh, the Bible, you know, the New Testament was actually being being translated at that time. And and I was just a boy out of a high school, basically working for my ways to try to get into an, into a medical school, uh, because my parents told me that I should become a doctor, medical mm-hmm. doctor. You so know? you lived in the city. Yes, I did. You I weren't was born a part of the raised. nomadic. Uh, uh, no, no, I wasn't. No, okay. I I was born and raised in the city. Okay. And so then I, uh, you know, I was studying pretty hard to try to, you know, toward the, toward the exam, and I actually couldn't enter the institute because of the competition was quite high. Really? And so then I met this lady from Great Britain who actually, you know, uh, whom I actually I thought that, hey, it would be a great idea to uh, learn some English, you know, I might as well, you know. And that's when I was actually introduced for the first time to an English language and also to the gospel. And she gave me the Bible in Russian language to read, and of course, when I first turned to the first pages of the book of Genesis, I kind of laughed to myself, you know, this could be the, the greatest man-made, you know, uh, fictional story I've ever read, <laughs> you know, because we were all being influenced hmm. very much by atheists. So you looked at it as a good story. Yes, hmm. but then when I actually started reading the New Testament in the Mongolian language, it really, really made a lot of sense, especially it dealt with the fear that I've, that I've always had, you know, because living in a communist country, fear is the main ruler. Growing up, um, you know, you were very fearful you know, of yeah. living, even, you know, fitting to mm. live in that kind of a culture. It really must have been a time of great openness. Uh, minds were suddenly open to all kinds of possibilities, but you were led to a, a copy of the Scriptures. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, That has been an amazing, amazing part of it, you know, with the democracy, with the freedom, you know, of course, well, as a provision. Now as I see it as a provision mm-hmm. of God, of course, a yeah. democracy. It led in all good things and all bad things exactly. at the same time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The choices are actually now all of a sudden become available. And so I started serving the first church ever established in Mongolia. Hmm. And So uh, you became a Christian. And I became a what, Christian. What was the tipping point for you, Bud? I mean, wh- what finally convinced you this is true? It is something that I fought, you know, in my life. First of all, it was an issue of fear. The other one was the issue of meaning. You know what is the meaning of life? You know if you if you just if you're just evolved from apes, and if you just live here for sixty seventy years and you die and what that, that what's that's what happens? Point? What's the point? Yeah. And so those are the two main things that really dealt. You know, uh, gospel had answered my question Very that there is an eternity, and also there is love that is greater mm-hmm. than fear. 
Were you on this quest alone? Did you have other family members, other friends who were right there in step with you? Along with my friends, yes. You know, our generation basically was very much gravitated toward the gospel because communism ideology basically in itself had collapsed. Yeah. People you knew how no empty longer. that was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we all of a sudden, you know, we were so open. And that's how basically the Church of Mongolia was birthed because of the young people hungry to know the truth and, you know, the gospel which came with democracy. It had filled us, and that's basically was an answer. Did you face any rejection by those around you, family or otherwise? Well, they, you know, they, you know, uh, you know, uh, one of the fortunate things was my parents really understood. My actually, my dad is still a uh, part of the member of the the, the 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 old Communist Party, and at that time, of course, you know, he was sort of like uh, very afraid that I will get myself into trouble by believing in some foreign religion. So you became a Christian, and you said you started working in a church? Yes. That was the most exciting part. It must you know? have been a brand new church. Well, you know, <laughs> you know when we only had like seven songs to sing to worship God, you know, we only had the New Testament, you know, to read. And it was just so exciting times, and we've had more missionaries than our local believers, you know. <laughs> but it was exciting times, and I actually, you know, learned to lead the worship, hmm. uh, you know, with talent that I'd yeah. received from God. And Well, how are you trained and, in the uh, scriptures then? It's reading and uh, you so know, having, a Bi- having a Bible study, you know, with uh, with missionaries, you know, because in those days, of course, you know, we had uh, small cell groups. Uh, things were still very um, kind of spooky in a mm-hmm. way, you know. The, you know, things may have yeah. actually gone either direction. Yeah, you weren't either sure the what was will be bad. permitted and what wasn't exactly, permitted. Uh-huh. Exactly. So we sort of had to kind of hide in in uh, in uh, homes and uh, study. And and those missionaries, the pioneer missionaries, who had actually led us in the word of God. Well, that's exciting. What about the church now? What has happened to the church in these intervening years? And what's the state of the church now? Well. Theologically speaking, the church has actually now had passed through its pioneering stage. Now, the Church of Mongolia is 600 strong. We have 100,000 believers estimated, you know, in in the country of Mongolia, you know, uh, countrywide estimates. And we are already started being involved in foreign missions. Okay. And how did you get involved in radio then? When did that come into the picture? Wow. Now you're really opening a box for me now. Because, <laughs> okay. you know, uh, when I was a little kid, my sister actually, you know, took me by the hand, and she actually brought me over to the to the Mongolian state radio as a children's program anchor. And so I really actually became a, a radio person ever since I was eight. I was only working for the communist government. Okay. And when I actually became a Christian, that 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 you know that dream somehow you know was kind of burst forth. The radio seed was yeah, there. Yeah, the seed was there, yeah. and now when I became a Christian, I said, "Well, how wonderful it would be." If I can actually use radio to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ, that there is God who cares for them. And so, so ever since, in, you know, I've become a Christian, 1993, I think God has kind of rekindled the seed and the vision in my heart. And I've been praying that, you know, we should start a radio program. And I've contacted, actually, uh, various uh, international Christian radio broadcasters. You took and, the initiative. Yes, I did. In 1995, I still remember vividly that I actually wrote letters to some major uh, Christian broadcasters, and FEBC responded to my Macedonian call, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, to kind come of in and reverse, join us. though. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and so, uh, but it wasn't actually. It actually didn't. You know, uh, wasn't fulfilled until the year of 2000. We'll continue getting to know this young man, the manager of Radio Wind for FEBC in Mongolia. Stay tuned. In cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, we're now producing the daily radio program FEBC Today with Ed Cannon. 
when you click on the FEBC banner at firstpersoninterview.com or the banner on our new iPhone iPad app for First Person, you'll learn more about what you can do to assist FEBC in taking Christ to the world through radio and new technology. Learn more at firstpersoninterview.com or download the First Person smartphone app today. My first person guest today is... I've never had to ask a guest to give his own name before, but uh, it's such a lovely name, and I'm going to work on that. I, I really am. But in the meantime, I have your permission to call you Bot. So uh, welcome again to the program It's a today. privilege. Thank you, Wayne. You are the director of FEBC, the Far East Broadcasting Company, in Mongolia, and uh, I'm so excited about what God is doing around the world with FEBC, and you're one of those young leaders who's stepping up, and uh, you said that you wrote a letter to FEBC, and they responded. That's right. What were you asking, and what did they say? Well, I don't. I, I, I kind of started asking them, like, you know, we have in Mongolia such a freedom, religious freedom now, and the churches are on the rise. People need the gospel, especially in the countryside. Would you come and help us, first of all, to train us to how to do Christian radio, and secondly, to help establish a presence, uh, okay. some kind of presence. You did know. you write that letter to the U.S. or to Korea or where did I you I actually wrote it to the U.S. You did? Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. And someone yes. got that letter? And someone got that letter, and, and he actually responded to me by saying, it, it is a, a great possibility, but, uh, huh. you, know, we, in it, you know, when the season comes, you know, that should have mm-hmm. you know, taken place. So what were the first steps? What began to happen then? Well, then I, actually, uh, I was actually um, uh, attending a school here in the States uh, in a Bible college, and, uh, you know, uh, at the same time, of course, you know, I was always kind of crying, cry, you know, crying out loud, basically, you know, when's the radio yeah. ministry going to be? You had this dream. You knew it was a God-given plan right. and That's dream, right. didn't you? Yes. And actually, very interestingly that, you know, I kind of developed a relationship with FEBC over the years, you know, writings only. And, uh, uh, and one of their international um, uh, presidents had actually come and see, to see me while I was going to school in Midwest. Hmm. And we got connected for the first time. Of course, we've been corresponding over the years, mm-hmm. and he actually, him and I got together. And it's just amazing, Wayne, that just in, in one hour, you know, we, we, there we sat together and prayed about it. Uh, somehow we just got connected in much deeper ways. Mm-hmm. And then we decided that we, we make a, a survey trip back to Mongolia with one of our engineers. And so we did. In a couple of months, you know, uh, since I met him, we went to Mongolia and we surveyed. And then we actually applied for a license for an FM band in the city of Ulaanbaatar, which then, of course, at that time, we only had about three radio stations in the city of Ulaanbaatar. What was that uh, process like to, to obtain a license? I mean, not too many people had done that before. That's right. So well, who, who do you ask? Well, it's, it's you know, I had I'd actually approached a, you know, a parliament member to help us out. Uh-huh. You know, I just told him that, you know, first of all, we want to bring in a radio station that that talks that speaks to people's lives. You know, we're not going to be just playing music. Mm-hmm. You know, music is good, mm-hmm. but we want to go and take it a little deeper than that. And mm-hmm. I think that might have, uh, you know, triggered good. his desire to help us. So from the time you applied to the time you're on the air, how much time had gone by? It took exactly a year. A simple year? Exactly a year. Actually, I mean, a year is a long time, but still, that's a lot of work to be done it, in it one is. year. Actually, it's very interesting that I was, I was actually entering my senior year in college, <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody called me from Mongolia and says, hey, you know, your license is now up. You know, you've got only three months to start a radio station. So you better hurry. What'd you do? <laughs> did you leave? I did. Actually, um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of help and, you know, 
both in prayer and resources from yeah. FEBC and also from a radio yeah. group from uh, from the Twin Cities, mm. and they've really helped till the last minute. I actually just uh, uh, 21 days before the license was up. I, I really vividly remember, you know, taking a break from my college, you know, writing a letter saying, you know, explaining why I had to leave the college, you know, and then I, at the same time, you know, 21 days, I had all the equipment, you know, in three or four big, you know, those, you know, action packers, you know, sure, you know yeah, those, yeah, yeah, those yeah, things, sure. trunks, put them in there, and I, I, I brought them back to Mongolia, and uh, just about three days before the, the preliminary license ran out, we were on the air. You were probably the busiest college student I've ever <laughs> Uh, that's an amazing story. I don't know. You know, when I think so back, yeah. So you put the radio station on the air. How long has it been on the air now? Now it's been on the air since 2000, so it's been on the air 13 and a half years now. And it reaches how many people in that country, well, in, we that, have in a one, that city? Well, we have a 1.2 million population there, so the, estim- the estimation is about 250,000 people. This is an FM radio station. It's an FM radio station. What's the programming like? The programming, you know, uh, uh, it's evangelistic programming, and some of the programming are pre-evangelistic because, you know, we're dealing with people who mm-hmm. have no clue about, right. you know, a Christian faith. Yeah, you said, what, 100,000 believers in the country. That's right. And so by the time you narrow that down to that one location, you've got a lot of non-believers exactly. who are so your audience. Exactly, so we are they? a Christian radio for non-Christians, yeah. basically. And, and how uh, do they respond? What do they say? Well, uh, we have been receiving very interesting responses. You know, some of them, of course, families are coming together. That's for, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of men, men are actually being affected by alcoholism. Yeah, I've heard are, that's a real leaving their, you know, deep and, need there. Yeah, it? so gospel is basically replacing the addiction. So that's, that's one thing that I can say very proudly that, you know, the, as, a, as a work of the Holy Spirit. Personalize that for me. Tell me the story of a listener whose life has been touched. There's a guy by the name of Gombo, and uh, he actually used to sell idols and he was a he was basically an idol salesman because you know of course you know in a country like mongolia where everybody, everything kind of fall, collapsed you know people mm-hmm. are searching you know and they, they making want a living exactly yeah, yeah. and so so but then his wife was an alcoholic she was a cook and uh, she was an alcoholic because they had a very depressed life and of course you know uh, you know now we, you know of course they realized that it was a bondage basically mm-hmm. they were under bondage mm-hmm. And uh, they were on the brink of uh, uh, of divorce, uh, you know, because he just, you know, he, he lost control of, you know, how he can continue. And Gombo one day actually started listening to our radio in his car. And that's how he heard, heard us talking about faith in Jesus Christ. And one of the pastors who was actually sharing the gospel on the radio was actually a, a former convict uh, who actually became a Christian later. And he became a pastor and he actually was our host for the program. And he talked about how we can be bondaged by our thoughts, our habits, and our, you know, therefore they can become addictions. Yeah. And that's how Gombo actually came to faith. And, and, and then he actually shared, you know, uh, the gospel with his wife. And now his wife's been sober ever since, basically. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a story of transformation. One of many families whose lives have been changed. That's right. Of course, you as well as anyone know the power of radio to reach out and to you know, be a safe thing. He listened in his car. You know, he probably wouldn't have gone to a church, would he? No. And yet he listened in his car and heard the gospel. That's and right. His life was changed. That's right. So tell me more about your work with the station, what you do personally, and about what some of the needs are there. Well, I think well, one of my uh, greatest passion and my strength is to encourage and empower, you know, young leaders to do the, to do the work of the gospel, you know, to serve the community in a holistic way. Uh, because gospel is not only just about salvation, it's more than that, you know, to how to live our lives on this earth, and it really matters to God, mm-hmm. how to, you know, how to, um, um, 
how to uh, lead our our families and and raise our kids, and of course the whole community is going through you know problems of such you know divorce and abortions and you know orphans and street kids and all those kinds of things. So that, so so not only just sharing the gospel, but also we are expressing the heart of God in all the programs that we we do. So so part of my ministry basically personally is to first of all to develop people who can develop these contents. Okay. And then secondly, that we, I, I helped them to develop these contents, basically give them the direction of, okay, now, because we need to also sense the trends in the society, where the, the greatest needs and where the greatest painful points are so that we can respond to them as a radio station. And it has been very tangible, uh, not only on the air, but also off the air, on the ground. We can uh, mingle, meet, train, teach, um, and just fellowship with the communities. So you do call-in programs? Yes, well, most of our programs are actually call-in. It's uh, it's all live programs. We have you know uh, counselors sitting on the microphone, and they answer various types of questions relating mm-hmm. to faith mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ, uh, health issues, uh, um, uh, relationship issues, and even some psychologies, for example, okay. you know, depression and stress and things like that, burnout, so that people can get a first-hand like what we call a first aid programs. Yeah. So in other words, you know, um, when we, if we talk about in a, in a, in a hospital term, uh, one, some of our programs are preventative. It's like a vaccine. You're giving mm-hmm. people of, uh, immunization shots so that they will not get in those kinds of problems. Yeah. Some of the programs are actually geared toward first aid. In other words, when people are hurt, when they're bleeding, you know, you have to you have to bind their yeah. bondages. So very practical you know, things you're talking about. In and some of them things mm-hmm. are actually even, you know, um, a post-surgery type of programs that, that you have to do a lot of yeah. follow-up by meeting them. But what is your vision? As, as the Lord tarries, what is your vision for your country spiritually? And radio plays a big part in that. What, what would you like to see happen? In number-wise, we want to see at least 10% of our population not only reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but discipled by the Lord Jesus Christ by the year of 2020. And that is the vision that uh, our staff and our, our, you know, our church friends are actually working toward in number-wise. Mm-hmm. But in, in quality-wise, we want to dig deeper. In other words, we want to make sure that the Word of God is applied, not only heard and taught, but applied in everyday life. You know, and, 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 and I want to see people practice their faith not only on Sundays, but throughout the week. And not only in their church, you know, Christian, uh, comfortable environments, but in the mission fields. Because the mission field is not necessarily far away. The mission field is next door. So we want to make sure that that is done. And, and, and I want to see my country being influenced by the Judeo-Christian ethics, the morals and the values that we can set our course ahead so that you know, our country can become a, a major, major a contributor for foreign missions. Wind FM in Mongolia is part of the Far East Broadcasting Company with radio stations and associated ministries in many parts of Asia and beyond. And here's an update for you since this interview first aired a year ago. Funds are being raised now for even more stations to be built in Mongolia with the encouragement of the government. The goal is to have a station in every province of the country by the year 2020. Of course, we'll have additional information about this project along with general FEBC info on our webpage, firstpersoninterview.com. Follow the links as we provide them to learn how to specifically pray for and support these radio ministries. That's firstpersoninterview.com. We also have a Facebook page where you can leave comments and additional questions. That's found at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. 
And if you haven't done so already, I hope you'll like our Facebook page and add your comments. Facebook.com slash First Person Interview. Next week, we'll talk with Jerry Wiles about a movement in missions to spread the gospel message. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next week for First Person. 